Well, hello there. Welcome to this special daily series of Right Now at the Writer's Colony. I'm Chad Gurley, Colony Coordinator at the Writer's Colony at Dairy Hollow in the historic arts village of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And I'm honored to host this podcast featuring writers, authors, poets, and artists from our community and across the nation. During this monumental time, the Writers' Colony at Dairy Hollow believes it's important to give voice to the writing community, to hear their thoughts and guidance, words of hope about this pandemic that we are all experiencing in different and unique ways. So again, welcome to Right Now at the Writers' Colony podcast. Let's see who we can get on the line. This call is being recorded. Talia Tate Borner. Is that you? <laughs> hey, Chad. Hey. I'm so glad you made this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure and honor to have you. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time anyway. So this is good. Well, thank you. It's, yeah. it's exciting to actually have an appointment. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, for those that don't know you, tell, tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay, well, I grew up in Northeast Arkansas on a farm and went to college at Baylor. So I ended up in Texas for my working career. I graduated with an economics degree and worked in banking for like 25 years. But I always wanted to write a book. And so in 2011, I had sort of what I call my aha moment. And I basically quit my job and decided I was going to try my hand at writing. My husband is also from Arkansas. He's from Fort Smith. And so a few years later, we decided to relocate and move back to Arkansas. That had always been one of our goals was to eventually get back to Arkansas. And so once the kids were out of the house, we moved to Fayetteville. He went to school here. So it was one of our favorite places to be in the state. So we settled here and uh, just real excited to be here. He retired also from a finance type background and he went back to school here at the university as an art student. So wow, cool. sort of reinvented ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, when you said you had an aha moment, was it an aha moment like I'm going to write full time or was it the aha moment that you were like, oh, my gosh, I have a story. I've got to tell it like, you know, because your first book, The Accidental Salvation of Gracie Lee, is that what kind of uh, prompted you to say, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to write this? Or was it more just like I love to write, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to focus on this? Well, my aha moment was really is really the subject of my second book, which just which just came out, and it's called Gene Everywhere. Uh-huh. And so, um, the basis of that is my father-in-law, Gene Burner, came to stay with us in Dallas for six weeks back in 2011, and during that six-week period, that I was the person that pretty much kept, uh, helped take care of him. He was 90 years old. He had the beginnings of dementia. And I was trying to 
juggle my job and work from home. And I had a senior, a son who was a senior in high school. So that's a very busy year. And yeah. then here was this man who I had not spent much time with. I did not know that well. And I invited him to come to our house. I thought it would be a week or two. It turned out to be six weeks. And during wow. that six week period, we really started to bond and we had, well, we would start having happy hours uh, every afternoon and just discuss different things. And through those conversations, I sort of got back to what I wanted to do and started thinking about that. And so that's sort of my aha moment. Yeah. It really helped me make that decision. And so the the odd thing about it is I started immediately writing down the sort of like journaling about my time with my father-in-law. And then I put it completely aside and I wrote the Accidental Salvation of Gracie Lee. And after that book came out, which it came out in 2016, I picked back up my story of Jean and looked at it. And I think I had had enough time had gone by that I had proper perspective. Yeah. And I realized, I think I thought when I first started writing it, that it was going to be a story about Jean. And there is a lot about Gene in it, but it's really a story about me and how he changed me. And so mm. the second book that just came out was really the first one that I wrote. I just put it aside and let it marinate, I guess. So Yeah, interesting. That's so not a long answer. <laughs> no, that's perfect. So tell us a little bit about both books, starting with The Accidental Salvation of Gracie Lee. What is that book well, about? That book started out as a group of short stories and it was based on my life growing up on the farm in the Delta in Arkansas. And then um, I attended a writer conference at Hemingway Pfeiffer in Piggott, Arkansas. And I met Pat Carr there and she really encouraged me to, at, at the time I was working on my gene story, right. but Pat, Pat read some of my little short stories and said, this is your novel. You need to turn this into a book. And she said, you have a voice here and it needs to be heard and you need to work on this. And so she said, you need, and she said, I know exactly what you need to do with it. You need to enter it in this certain contest that I know about. And the deadline is six weeks from now. And I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I set aside my gene story and I focused on my farm stories and I wrote it in six weeks, a rough wow. draft and got it wow. to the point where I could, you know, and I submitted it. I did not win it. Imagine that. But I ended up with a solid first draft and yeah. then I took that and I worked on it and I got it to the point where I was able to uh, find a publisher and get that um, published in 2016. So it sort of happened in a weird circumstance, but I completely credit Pat Carr and Hemingway Pfeiffer and just, you know, I really tried to put myself out there, go, take classes, learn as much as I could and try to um, surround myself with people that really knew what they were doing because I sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, it, but it's not a book of short stories though, is it? It's an actual no, story. No, I, I ended up, yeah, at first it was memoir and then 
um, I got feedback from different publishers who said, you know, we for a first novel, a first book from an unknown writer, you will have better success with fiction. Mm-hmm. And and so I heard that two or three times and I thought, okay, I'm going to go the fiction route. And so I rewrote the book and I made it fiction. And I was once I gave myself permission to go fiction, a plot line developed and it really sort of took on a life of its own. And so the book is fiction. It's based on where I grew up. And some of the people are sort of based on people I knew. I took personalities over the top and I think authors normally do that but yeah yeah um so it's it's somewhat autobiographical but the plot line is completely fictional and um so it is fiction it's um southern i consider it southern fiction i i guess or farm fiction farm lit yeah yeah what without giving too much away what is the plot about well, it's Gracie Lee is ten years old, and she is—it's sort of a one. It's about a year and a half in her life. She's really trying to make sense of some of the issues that she struggles with. There are a lot of social issues in the book okay. that you find in a lot of Southern literature, like uh, religion is a big issue in the book, uh-huh. and uh, family dynamics. So she comes from a home that has some some issues with alcoholism. Okay. And um, and then just there's a real strong sense of place, and so as Gracie tries to just figure out her place in this small farmhouse in this small town in this corner of the Arkansas Delta, she's really trying to save everybody around her, and she's mm-hmm. um, she's a spirited young girl, very smart for her age, but naive too, set in the seventies and. Um, she sort of, by the end, saves herself is the okay. way I sort of look at it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so. That sounds great. And I and I think it's going on to bigger and better things. I've heard a rumor. Is that true or is that in the what works? You, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I please. It, <laughs> I, I heard it may be turned into a movie or a TV show or something. Well, that'd be awesome, but I haven't heard that. You haven't heard that? Huh. Well, we'll have to I talk know. about that for offline at some point. Because I've, I've heard that from a couple of people. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, well, my goal my goal is to get it into the hands of Reese Witherspoon, but as far yeah. as I know, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, And so, and so, but then your second book, Jean everywhere which was kind of your first book but it's your second book to be published it um right. it's not it's also it's not it's also considered fiction right no it's memoir it, it is, is memoir okay memoir. okay yeah. so this is really about uh you and your relationship with jean yes and it spans six weeks and it's really about relation i think it fits that niche audience of people who are sort of sandwiched in they're taking care of aging parents and they also have adult children like children that are leaving the nest and they're trying to figure out what am I going to do next with my life and I think that I think a lot of us fall into that category and um, and so the book is about relationship and how 
messy and crazy they are, yet how wonderful they are. And you can find friendships just in really unlikely places. Yeah. And also, one of my goals with the book, I think, is I feel like our society really um, dismisses the aging population. We think, oh, this, you know, this old man has nothing he can possibly offer. Right. And yeah. I think that's just so wrong and so sad. And so I look back on the time that I spent with Gene, and he was 90 years old. And he had some health issues, but he completely changed my life. And my life would not be what it is right now without him. Yeah. And so I think back on how, you know, our ancestors would spend all this time with, you know, the grandparents would come and live with the family. And yeah, yeah. the kids had that benefit of the, the aging wisdom there in the house. And so, you know, I just, I think that we are sort of missing that in our society today. And I hope that the book sort of highlights that relationship. Yeah. Well, and maybe, and I don't know, but I'm, I'm thinking that this uh, pandemic, I hope it really causes people to kind of, especially since the most vulnerable are seniors and, and right. um, I hope that it, it does kind of say, Oh, you know, I hope, I hope people kind of wake up and be like, wow, this is, someone that I really, really care about, you know, and, um, and treat yeah. with respect and, and, and know that there's so much that you can learn from them as well. Right. Um, that's great. What a great book. Um, and so a lot of your, so both of your books have re really been inspired by your own life then. Um, I is have. that, yeah. do you find inspiration in other places? Well, you know, I feel like um, I am mostly inspired by nature, I would say. And yeah. like, I just, I'm a gardener and I love to be outside and I grew up outside and not that I was truly raised in a barn, but you know, I was always outside playing. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so I love to be out around nature and garden all the time. And if I feel like I'm, Stuck, I guess I can just go for a walk and I I just have always drawn inspiration from growing things and living things and I feel like it gives us a good perspective too yeah um and then just memory I, I do draw a lot on memories I guess um I feel like um there's I don't know I just like to help people reconnect with maybe things they've forgotten mm -hmm. about. So. Yeah. Did, um, and you, so you've just also started a publishing house. Yes. So I, is, can anyone I wrote, send you their book or is this the, well, the way I have, I just started it at the beginning of the year and I, got my rights back from my publisher for the accidental salvation of Gracie Lee. And I re um, reissued that book as a second edition and it's now illustrated. So oh, I'm really excited cool. about that. Yeah. I know my husband illustrated it. Oh, um, he did? So, That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And I wanted to, I knew that when my Gene Everywhere book came out, I wanted the Gracie Lee book I, sort of to come out about the same time and um, 
I'm still sort of working through all the logistics of just the publishing. It's a you know a new industry for me. I've learned a lot, and I really enjoy the creative part of it. And evidently, I'm just a control freak because I really wanted <laughs> to have. I really wanted to have more control over my second book. And yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons I got my rights back for my first book. I just, I wanted to be able to control the way my cover looked. I wanted to be in control of the blurb and just the way yeah. the Amazon page looked, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I knew that if I made mistakes, they would be my mistakes to make. And I wouldn't have to constantly be talking to someone else and trying to get things changed. And so, that's one of the main reasons I started it. I was already doing all my own marketing anyway. And so I thought, well, this will be sort of the next natural step for me was to do my own publishing label. Yeah. And at some point, I would lo love to be able to help other people in Arkansas maybe do a couple of books a year um, because I feel like there's such a need for it. And there are so many great writers just yes. in our community that, yes, you know, yes. the publishing side of it is so frustrating. It's it, it's completely feasible that you would just give up and not publish because it's just very frustrating. So I would love to get to that point right now. I'm just doing my own. Yeah. And what's that? What's it called? It's called One Mississippi Press. Yeah. Congratulations. When I saw that, I was hey. like, this is really cool. Yeah. And Thank I was you. hoping that I I was hoping that someday I didn't think it would be like right away, but I was hoping that you would publish uh, some Arkansan writers because you know just in being in Eureka Springs, I'm amazed at the amount of talent and creativity people around here have and how um, how it can be underappreciated. So that's that's awesome. Um, so, and, but then the thing that you is, you've just got, you've got a lot going on. So you've also got this website, gracegritsgarden.com. Tell me about your, your website. So that is my blog, which I started my blog before I did anything else. So that was sort of the first thing I did when I decided I was going to write. And I thought it would just be a great way to practice my writing and, maybe to garner some sort of audience because I I thought, you know, if I ever do write a book and try to attract a publisher, I'm going to need an audience. And so my blog was sort of my way to do that. I, you know, I came up with the name just very off the top of my head, to be honest, but I knew that I wanted to write about um, Southern, you know, gardening and southern recipes and maybe destinations around the south and just memories of growing up on a farm and and I I wanted to have a big enough umbrella of topics that I wouldn't get burned out or bored with mm -hmm. with the blog yet I wanted it to be focused enough on um on the southern umbrella I guess so that people could recognize my brand so to speak uh-huh um and so I started, you know, I tried to just, um, at first I was writing, all, I was doing like a post a day, and now I try to do a couple a week, but um, 
I used it as a way not only to build an audience, but really just to promote my books. And so when Gracie Lee came out, I was able to to do some blog posts about Gracie Lee and about the setting and some of the recipes that are mentioned in the book. And, And so I've done the same thing now with this new book. And it's helped me really just reach out. It's really hard to market your book. And, you know, if you don't have a New York publishing house that's got a huge marketing budget behind you, your book, you're going to come out with it and your friends and family will buy it. And then that's it. And so um, having that blog first, I think a lot of authors make the mistake of publishing their book and then they start a blog. And it it really takes several years to... um, to get that following and you yeah. have to work at it all the time to create that authentic, um, I don't know, voice and brand that people want to come back and read about. So the blog was first and um, I really try to mostly focus on gardening, but both of my books have sort of a gardening nature um theme that flows through them so the books still sort of fit into that yeah well that's what's I think that's what's so cool about your your website it's the fact that you know you do have like if someone has read um gene um everywhere um and they hear about the chicken and dumplings I'm looking at your chicken and dumplings right now right. And my <laughs> mouth is watering <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, and it's, uh, I guess, Mama Ruby's recipe or, uh, right. or, yeah, which is just, you know, for me, brings back so many memories. But it's, I think it, what's really cool about it is how it also connects back to the book. So, you know, you've got this kind of, um, gosh, what would you, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like uh, this uh, um, multi uh Oh, I, don't, I, I can't, I can't get the word for it, but I think it's just, it's fascinating to me to think that how it's all kind of interwoven together, you know, right. into like its right. own kind of art project, you know, it's, it's, it's about the books, but it's also about the recipes. It's also about the gardening. Like it's, it's this, um, I can't get the word, but anyway. I know, I, I know what you mean. And I, I think it's important for people who are starting out writing, I think you have to consider all, it's just part of my whole body of work. So you have your blog, you have your, your short stories and you have, I do some freelancing and you know, all of that just sort of works together to help build your presence, I guess, so that you can get your name out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, Get and just and it stands on its own as as art too. It's just right. I, it's it's great. Um, do you now? Do you have a set routine about how you write? Do you do you um, have certain times that you write, or do you you just let inspiration hit you, or how does that work for you? Well, um, I mostly write early in the morning. I get up really early and I write first thing in the morning in my journal and uh, I will write usually two, three hours 
sometimes, you know, it'll be noon before I realize what time it is. Yeah. But that's, I feel like I'm most fresh and inspired early. And then I'll usually spend an hour or two working in the garden. And in the afternoons, I may do some writing, but it's usually more related to research or I don't consider it my serious writing, I guess. It's, it's, um, I don't have to be so um, inspired to do the type of writing I do in the afternoon. Yeah. But then, and then usually late afternoon, night, I do a lot of reading. I feel like that's a huge part of, of what I do to help perfect my craft. And yeah. I love to read. I've always been a reader, but I try to read, um, a lot of books, a lot of different types of books, and um, so usually by the by night by like five o'clock, I feel pretty brain dead, and that's when I'll just read, and um, I won't try to do a lot of serious writing at that point. Yeah. Do you take days off? Do you like take the weekends off, or? No, not really. Um, wow. I mean, sometimes I will write in the morning for just an hour or two and then I won't do any you know then I'll just do something else before we've got something scheduled and we go somewhere but I usually write a little bit every day wow are you working on a new book right now I am <gasps> you are and, uh, I'm, ex well, I'm so excited about it I just started it um I just started it not too long ago and then um once this whole pandemic thing started, I really got back into it and I've been working on it. So I'm excited about it. It's completely fiction. And I don't know if it's the fact that this pandemic is, you know, it's pretty scary. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's easier for me to sort of just get into this fictional world right now and tune out what's really going on. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. So that's what I'm, I am working on something new right now. Yeah. I'm a very slow writer. So it's probably taking me five, seven years, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, can you give us an ink or a preview kind of preview of what, 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 what you're looking at? Well, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No problem. No problem. Um, I will tell you, I will say that it is set in the same town in Savage Crossing where Gracie Lee is from. Oh, really? Okay. So it's not, it's not a sequel, but it's in that town. So Does, is Gracie Lee appear in it? <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, I don't, no, not, not yet. She hasn't, I don't think she will, but I, who knows? <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's so when you're writing, is it, uh, especially since this is just fiction, you know, and, and, and then and you're just kind of creating, um, is do the characters kind of just speak to you? Do you just sit there and it just kind of, you know, things are just kind of come to you or do you already kind of have it, the plot kind of mapped out? How did, how do you write? I have, I have, a general idea of what I want to do, but I am not one of these people that sits down and does this real detailed outline or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I just have sort of a general idea of um, what I want to do and what I want to convey and met possibly how it will end, but it does just sort of unfold as I write. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's so interesting. I, I'm finding it's so interesting how people, just like people, writers are so different and unique. I mean, there's some similarities in the way some writers right. write and what, but everybody really has their own, you know, it's, it's their own style, their own inspiration, their own um, craft to it too. It's just, right. it's fascinating. Um, gosh, it is, it's so, it's just so good to talk to you. I just, I want to know more about that new book, but I'm not going to press you on it. Um, <laughs> are you, um, do you have a large garden there? In, you're in Fayetteville, well, right? Well, we're yeah. in Fayetteville. No, I mean, we live in the historic district, so we just have a regular lot. It's, it's sort of deep, but um, we have a butterfly garden. That's, sort of what I concentrate on is butterfly garden. Um, oh, really? and it's, yeah. And it's also a herb garden. And then this year I decided I was going to do a victory garden. And, um, so we broke ground and, and made a new bed <coughs> in the back that we sort of expanded our butterfly garden, just more butterfly plants. But also we've added, I have some onions. I'm going to plant some asparagus. I've got dill. So, I am going to do a few vegetables there, but it's uh, yeah, we're just always out there working in the yard, regardless of coronavirus or not. I mean, it's yeah, what we do, yeah. and so, um, you know, it. I feel like I feel a little bit guilty at times because I don't feel like our lives have cha have changed as much as other people, and um, because we were already working from home, and the right. things, the two things that I do the most. <laughs> regardless are right and garden and so I could still do both of those things right it was you know it's been a little bit uh, the timing could have been better I suppose I launched my book not three days before we went into uh, lockdown no, and so yeah. uh, all of my events have been postponed or canceled or you know who knows they're just up in the air yeah but you know, also on the flip side, a lot of people are staying home and reading. So that's, yeah, that's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anything to turn away from the news is, and reading a right. good book is, yeah, is so necessary. Um, right. Well, for those who don't know, what is a victory garden? So I, they started in World War One, and then in World War Two, they were popular when food was very um, hard to come by and um, people started planting gardens in like city lots and, um, you know, downtown areas. I mean, anybody who had a front yard would plow it up and start growing vegetables just to basically survive. And yeah. um, people were encouraged to do that. And so, um, I don't know. It just seemed like, oh, we should have a victory garden because we're fighting this war on this coronavirus. And yeah, I think and a lot of people have turned to their gardens and started gardening even for the first time, which is pretty cool to see. Hopefully it will continue. Yeah, it's been I mean, I've heard I've heard victory garden a lot lately. And I've been like, wow. I mean, I didn't know what it. I knew it was, you know, planting a garden of food, but I couldn't didn't know where the victory came from. So that's interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, there are some really cool pictures that are um, on the um, they're like common uh, usage or whatever photos that you can look up of old um, 
like from the 40s of Victory Gardens, and they are just really cool to see because the, the people would grow all these vegetables in their front yard, and they'd be out there hoeing and have on their the guys would have on their suits and you know and then they also had gardens like um at the smithsonian in the front yards and so it was a big thing yeah do you think what what do you i mean of course we can't predict the future of what's going to happen after this pandemic storm passes but do you philosophically do you feel like there's a there's a shift in um and humanity, maybe a shift in the way in which we live our lives, do you think? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's very interesting to see just in such a short time how things seem different just around our neighborhood. I mean, I have seen more people out walking their dogs and kids out playing and I think boy this really happened in like you know 28 days people are developing new habits and I hope that they last and they continue and and um, the way people neighbors are you know sharing plates of food you know my neighbor brings me a cake and I take her something that I bought at the grocery store for her and and I just feel like people are being kinder and more neighborly and and it should be that way all the time yeah but um and then the whole idea of gathering in these big spaces and i don't know when that's gonna when we'll go back to that because i think for a long time it's gonna be kind of scary and uncomfortable to do that so yeah yeah i don't know i it's gonna be I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. I feel like we're very fortunate to live where we do, that we have these wide open spaces. We can still get outside and we're not in some tiny little apartment in a city or, you know, I feel like I'm very fortunate that I'm at this stage of my life where I don't have kids at home that I've got to teach. I mean, my hearts go out to these teachers who are trying to teach at home both their own kids in a classroom and then all these people who have lost their jobs i mean i'm so worried about the economy and oh i think we've got a a long road ahead of us and and then i worry about people that just think it's been completely overblown and they're still going to church services and so part of me thinks you know maybe Maybe this won't last very long here in Arkansas. And then another part of me thinks maybe we haven't even seen it yet here. So, yeah, I know. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, is it, is it heading our way or, you know, it's it's one of those things. Where are your, um, where are your children? Are they? Uh, My daughter lives in Austin and my son lives in Denver. And so, you know, that that's kind of hard right now. I was going to, yeah. we had planned to go to Austin for Easter. Of course, we can't do that. And um, our son is working from home, thank goodness. But his company, um, they were, Denver's pretty much on lockdown, but his company seemed to be one of the last ones to to let people work from home. So that's, that was sort of worrisome. And then his girlfriend is a nurse, so she's right on the front line. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, my daughter and her husband are both working from home, but so far, you know, everybody in our family is safe and 
healthy. And so that's good. a good thing, but yeah, good, good. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And I really, I look forward to seeing you and being able to talk at some point um, when you come back over to the writer's colony and, oh, and hang out with us. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, want to see that fox. I want to see the fox. Oh, I know. <laughs> he is, or she, is incredible. I mean, it's just. It is I, so cool to see the pictures and the video. That video was just, I was, <laughs> I had to forward it along because I was just stunned. But not only by the fact that Eureka Springs, this is the perfect time for people to be in Eureka Springs because it is so I beautiful. Know. Um, and unfortunately we, you know, you just can't take the risk as far as safety goes, but just to see the empty street and that Fox was just like, yep. All right. This is my town. I got this. So (laughs) I know that that really should be on the world news (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just to show, you know, people are taking it seriously and nature is taking over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you again, and take care, and um, I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Chad. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for Right Now at the Writer's Colony. I'm Chad Gurley, your host and colony coordinator at the Writer's Colony at Derry Hollow. To find out more about the Writer's Colony, visit writerscolony.org. That's writerscolony.org. Until tomorrow... Stay safe, be well, and ride on.